Okay. I will do what I normally do. And that is countdown to the episode recording. Okay. That I can handle. Hold on. Oh my god. It's been a long time. Um, my The intro, Mikey, it's left my brain. Do you want me to do it? <laughs> no! Do I, do I, do I say hello? <laughs> um, hold on. Let's ask the podcast machine. Resorting to listening to our own podcasts. Wow! This is getting rough. <laughs> oh. You gonna, you gonna survive? I will survive. All right. When there's trouble, you know who to call. Teen Titans! From their tower, they can see it all. Teen Titans! When there's evil on the attack, you can rest knowing they got your back. Because when the world needs heroes on patrol, Teen Titans, go! With their superpowers, they unite. Teen Titans! Never met a villain that they liked. Teen Titans! They got the bad guys on the run. They never stop till the job gets done. Cause when the world is losing all control, Teen Titans, go! One, two, three, four, go! Teen Titans! Hello and welcome to The Young Ones, a podcast about teen superhero teams and why we love them. My name is Charlie and I use they them pronouns. And I'm Mikey and I use he him pronouns. And this is episode 25 in our continuing series of apparently convoluted numbers that Mikey can't get wrap his mind around. I can wrap my mind around just fine. You were convinced that it was 24 and I tried to tell you it was 25. <laughs> this is also the fifth episode in our third season. <laughs> For those of you using volume numbering, aka what's actually on the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I, I started this and I'm not giving it up and you'll pry it from my cold dead hands. It's We've just got a Fahrenheit Celsius situation, Imperial metric over that's, here. That's true. That's true. I'm the metric system. I mean, that makes more sense. Like, you make more sense on a regular basis than I do any day of the week. <laughs> oh, that's not true. I mean, it kind of is true. I forgot the intro for like five minutes where we I started. I mean, listen, it, it happens. Yeah, it does. It does happen. Lots of things have happened since we recorded last. Yeah, I moved. You moved. I watched some movies. Yeah. I read some comic books. I've gone into cardiac arrest at least three times. Yes. Yeah, not really. You don't want you to take that. Like, you know, I'm not, my heart's fine, I it's think. It's a metaphorical cardiac arrest. <laughs> my, my heart is okay, I think. Like, no one's checked it in a while, so maybe it's not. I'm sure it's fine. I'm 30 years old. I, I don't think I have a problem. But there have been lots of things going on. Like, a Shatterstar solo series. Or a solo yeah. mini. A limited series. Let's put it that way. Solo... And I was going to make a joke, and then I realized it's a joke I wasn't even adequately equipped to make because it was an <laughs> esports joke. So just disregard entirely. Okay. Well, that's happening. So, uh, yeah. And some interesting things are also happening with that as far as the podcast is concerned. But it's too soon to talk about. Maybe? <laughs> I mean, you've been talking about it. I mean, you act are... like we haven't Listen, been talking about it. This podcast is half Shatterstar-centric at this point so i'm telling you we just have a shatterstar news segment i mean it's not you're not not correct i mean some, well, there are weeks i haven't talked about anything we, like that. we may or may not be having the author of said shatterstar limited series mr tim seeley tim seeley tim i've been calling on. him mr seeley <laughs> you have in a very proper i mean you're just trying to show respect to someone that's showing respect to your best boy that's true. Um, yeah, that, um, Mikey said that may or may not be happening, but it is totally happening. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's going to be happening in a couple weeks. Otherwise, Mikey and I read some comics. Mm-hmm. 
Some of them were better than others. Some of them were great. Other ones um, have reverted back to their simple form. Like, are we talking like protoplasm? Yeah, we're like, we've gone all the way back. I don't even know. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. So we asked, and some of you responded. We are going to try to be talking about, since we've had like a little bit of time where we've talked about comics that we've been reading recently, and folks seem to really like that, we're going to start doing that. We don't have a name for the segment yet, though, I don't think. No. Hot off uh, the presses? No. Anyway, we, we read some comic books. Yes. So I read, or we both read, New Mutants Dead Souls number five and X-Men Gold 31. And then I read Multiple Man and Mikey didn't, Multiple Man number one, but Mikey didn't get to it. I put it up on my computer and then I spent like three hours fixing my computer this past weekend. So it just didn't get done. I wanted to, though. Yeah. But uh, two two comic books. We'll talk about. Full disclosure, I did not have internet for like a week, so some things didn't get done. Oh, yeah. That's another thing that happened. I moved into a new apartment. Yeah. Mikey's broadcasting live from his new, better apartment. So I mean, it's, it's not live because this is pre-recorded, but I'm, we're rec- I'm recording in my new home studio, <laughs> a.k.a. bedroom. <laughs> AKA, it feels more official because I have room to actually put my green screen up, so yeah. like, it feels more like a studio. Hanging ominously in the background. I mean, it's it's keeping the you know like I'm keeping it's the it same up. shade of green that the mask Jim Carrey's the mask is. It's chroma key green. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> I'm anyway, just anyway, uh, we read some comics. Um. I, I like I said I read Multiple Man number one. Uh, Mikey didn't, so I will just tell you. Um, big round of applause as always for Matthew Rosenberg. I know Jamie's one of his favorites, and it's super shows. And it's this and Dead Souls is going a long way to um, rehabilitate some of the characters that Peter David just left back on the farm, both literally and figuratively. <laughs> Yeah, there was a farm, wasn't there? There um, was. Yeah, the one thing that I really like about New Mutants Dead Souls is the level of care that it takes, even though it's a mini, which is theoretically divorced from any continuity, it takes a certain level of care to bring in the continuity that happened before. So, like, I know Multiple Man is bringing some of that in, and he's Rosenberg is riffing on some of the stuff that happened in... X-Factor investigations, but it's also this latest issue. They go to Doctor Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum. Sanctorium? I can never remember. Sanctum Sanctorum, I believe. Okay. I I can never remember whether there's an I in there or not. But anyway, so they go there and there's threads that are pulled as sort of cameos, but they don't really feel, they're not like schlocky. They don't feel like inserted but callbacks to stuff from previous runs of Doctor Strange, previous recent runs of Doctor Strange that I really enjoyed. Richter befriends two magical snakes. <laughs> yeah, two magical snakes that are mean. And in the background, which is really like his, you know. Yeah, it's his thing. I know it's so good. And also like props to like this background slice of life. Richter and Shatterstar, like, moments that we don't get, like, the full context of, and that's absolutely fine, because I know that, like, at least two times now, magic has interrupted, like, Rick and Star's <laughs> dates, and that's upsetting, but, like, also, he made Rick, a, like, a dirty hipster, which is so funny, because that's actually super true. Very good. Also, Guido Cannon likes Carly, or essentially is Cannon likes Carly Rae Jepsen. Uh, which also makes Guido like a twee hipster, I guess. I don't know. I'm not he, sure. He has an aesthetic, and I'm into it with yeah. his um his fanny pack and his Carly Rae Jepsen uh, t-shirt. Yeah, Carly Rae Jepsen sells a dad cap that says "boy problems," and I bet Guido also <laughs> owns that owns that hat. Yes, but um, more seriously, we did get some ex- some resolution to something that's been festering for like five years now which is Rain and Guido's relationship. Yeah. And 
it it resolves in a really good and sad way. way. Yeah. Well, it's not resolved, but you know, like it got handled. So you know, they finally they essentially go through a like kaleidoscope of rooms of their own personal traumas, like reliving them as they like walk through this non-Euclidean space, like M.C. Escher-esque space. And finally, they talk to each other and both apologize and have a big old hug and are crying, and it's very sweet and nice. And then, um, because Ileana didn't tell anyone what was going on because she thinks somehow that she can still operate on her own despite leading a team of people, that caused her to like all the all the team was like trying to solve this puzzle of this big magic that Tran, the heretofore known antagonist, is looking for. And so Rick comes back with this big stone that the snakes <laughs> told him to get. And Doctor Strange isn't really Doctor Strange. He's Tran again. And it turns out that was like the worst possible thing this big stone because it puts him back in his physical form and he hasn't had a physical form for years so it gives him more power and he's like ridiculing Ileana for not telling the team what's going on which to be fair she absolutely deserves to be like well I shouldn't say deserves she doesn't deserve to be dressed down but like there are some she's struggling with her own issues yeah there's some extreme miscommunication problems happening here yeah and we talked last episode about Ileana's leadership. So, yeah, so we we see all this happen. And so she banishes Tran to one of her, her teleportation discs, except he's, like, ready to get out of it. And then Guido jumps in and holds him in the disc as they're both teleported to Limbo. And, of course, Rain, now realizing what Limbo means for Guido and what he's been through and, like, that he's not actually evil is incensed at Ileana. Yeah. And that's kind of, like, where we leave it. Yeah. And it's it's really good. The character development is really good. Although we still don't know what's happening with this warlock but not warlock child it's been like the secondary (laughs) story i got no clues whatsoever so i mean somehow they're both related right yeah somehow they're both related we gotta go we're gonna go see uh karma here in the last issue and it is i don't think gonna be pretty yeah she has something that she hasn't been telling them either yeah that ain't gonna end well yeah we're gonna have a big (laughs) confrontation so yeah, that was that. It's a really good book. It continues to be a good book. I continue to enjoy it. Yeah. Next last issue next month and and it'll be sad to see it go. I hope I hope, I hope the book itself won't be sad. <laughs> yeah, I hope the book itself won't be sad, but I I, I mean I will uh, I hope something's bubbling out after, out of this afterward. I don't know what that could be. Um, but I, can you imagine Richter in two books, two simultaneously? That's I mean, mind blowing. That's what's happening though. So, I, well, I hope so because by October, Dead Souls will be over, and I hope there's something else to replace it. Um, the Rosenberg is writing that spins out of this. I hope. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think on the same day, no, two weeks ago, I read. Yes. I read X Men Gold Thirty One. Only, only, and I'll qualify only, it's not something I regularly purchase and buy. Only because I wanted to see what was going on with the fallout of this whole wedding debacle. And Ileana, too. And got nothing. Spoiler alert. uh, So they just totally, within like the first two, like first five pages of the book, just, I think it's like on the third page even, like, you start to have some like weird resolution between Peter and Kitty because apparently even though they're not getting married, they're still like Kitty still loves him and this there's this whole thing. And then like immediately swerve left and go into like this days of future past type scenario. 
Yeah. And boy, let me tell you, it is not good. <laughs> it is just in the fact that it's like the most bland pastiche of past days of future past and dark phoenix and all that jazz like story beats all rehashed and plus like i think we've seen it's old kitty it's in the future everyone's old i feel like we've seen old kitty before too i can't remember what storyline yeah no that is days of future past she's okay pride and it's old and it's it's old and it's redone too much and it is everybody's like this is the best x-men story and i'm like "Mm, i will respectfully disagree well not only that like whether it's the best x-men story or not it doesn't like it it, there's like what did we calculate like at least six issues left in this series so at least one full arc but it's like again Rather than let the story play out naturally and let us have some resolution to the soap opera bullshit, we get the soap opera bullshit through the lens of Days of Future Past because it seems like Guggen like Guggenheim can't help but put more things in. Look what I did. Look yeah, what I can do. and it's it's not it's not good. It's just like like Rachel is nonsensically reverted back to being a hound which doesn't even make sense given that she's defied her psychic like protocol in our current timeline so how could they turn her back into a hound who knows but it's used just to manipulate however you're feeling about rachel and kurt as a couple which like they're not necessarily a bad couple but from what I've read, I don't like totally buy them as a couple. Like it's it's it could be cute, but it's there's so much other shit jammed <laughs> in there that it's hard to tell. When you put too much stuff in your sandwich, it's like a good like you're like, mm, good sandwich. I want to make this great sandwich. And then it's like, oh, well, I want this in my sandwich. It's full of mayo and iceberg lettuce, which are good Bad. in moderation. But bad when that comes gooshing out of your sandwich. Uh, now I feel sick to my stomach, which is I'm sorry, <laughs> which is um accurate. An interesting feel, accurate. It's an interesting feeling. But yeah, yeah I, not good, lads. Not good. I I think this is gonna be one that I that I'm gonna read the reviews for from here on out. Like I don't much care how it ends up. Honestly, I know they've been like queer baiting at least in terms of, like, well, wait and see what happens. Like, you never know. But at this point, I don't... I'll just... I'll hear the backlash from everyone else and yep. mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. that. And you know what? It doesn't even matter because we're getting, if not an explicitly queer Ileana one-shot, we are getting one that's in written, informed by an interpretation of her queerness in a what if magic that was just announced today. Yeah. The day that we're recording this. And it looks really good. It's basically like, what if she never went to Limbo and became the Sorcerer Supreme, which was like hinted at by Brian Michael Bendis in his Uncanny X-Men run. Um, so that looks super good. And Leah Williams forever. Yeah, the creative team on that is fucking amazing. So Like, even if, you know, the mainline X-Men books, they're going to play this, like, horrible dance. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what the main books are even going to be. Yeah. We got X-Men Black, which all we know is that Magneto is on the cover. Yeah. And Zach Thompson and Laurie Nadler. Laurie? Lonnie, (laughs) Lonnie, sorry. Lonnie Nadler may or may not be writing. They seem to be hinting at that. I feel like that's what's happening. Like, yeah, I got that like, too. They were retweeting it and they were like, hey, look at this. <laughs> but they won't confirm. I'm excited and then, if they're, I'm, you know what? If they're writing it, I'm on board. Yeah. It'll be interesting just to see like what it ends up being. And then we got like some of the amalgam stuff like hinted at. I don't know. I'm, Interested to see if that's going to be the thing that Koypel drew with Bish and Jubes in the crowd, but oh, we'll was see. That, what was that? Koypel? 
That's what someone was saying. Because it wasn't, we didn't, we didn't know what that was. Um, that's a new thing. Like that is, yeah. That's something but I'm that's saying, not been like, announced we don't, yet. We don't know if if those are the same thing because that was explicitly like one of the unannounced X books. So. Yeah, we got a really shiny, tiny tease of the issue, the cover for Shatterstar number two, where Star's got like a very, like a glowy, like a like a glowy Mako eye from like fucking Final Fantasy seven. Yeah. <laughs> Vulcan. Charlie is having a whole time today. <laughs> I mean, those covers are gorgeous. I hope they yeah. continue to be. Like, I'm sure they will. Like, I hope Rick is on this one, which probably can't see why we, we only got a little snippy. But yeah. No, it's um I'm excited for what's coming forward. Yeah. Even same. if even if the like mainline X books have at this point been super disappointing. Cause this is also like I mean, you should, also, you should actually go and read X Men Red. Like, you should read uh, X Men Red. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard good things, but I know it seems like it's been okay ish, but not like amazing. Like, there's not amazing overall. Is the perception that I've gotten from that? I mean, no, I think it's really great. Okay. Yeah, I mean, say what you want about the things that are like the metaphors going on, but I think it's actually a pretty powerful statement. Like, I would read it. Just see how you think about it. What, how you feel about it. Um, it's the best X-Men team book right now. That's a main X-Men I mean, team book. that's not a hard thing to do considering yeah. the other options. But I'm excited to see what's going to come out of the new editorial team, like, entirely and not as a holdover, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, that's what's being announced now. Like, all the things yeah. that you're seeing in October are all the things that Jordan and the new editorial staff, like, have been working on. Like, they are not anything that's been hold- held over. Yeah, so. and that's why I'm excited to see what's coming up. Because it Agreed. looks really interesting. Agreed. So, yeah, that's what we've been. That's like a smash cut of what we've read in the past couple weeks. Yes, and our episode proper today. I just speaking of amalgam. Speaking of oh boy, I've never felt more dragged by a television show <laughs> in my entire life. Um, Mikey and I watched the uh, few episodes of the 2003 Teen Titans animated series, not to be confused with Teen Titans Go. Yes, <laughs> from which it takes inspiration, but it is very different. Yes. And we watched, what did we watch? We watched, like, we watched six like, episodes? Five yeah. Five or six episodes? Like six episodes from season one. No, four episodes from season one, because we didn't watch the one with Cyborg shutting down. I don't know what we watched. We watched some <laughs> episodes. Yeah, because we watched up to, yeah, we watched the first three episodes of the first season, and then we watched, we watched some of the stuff from the later seasons. Yeah, we just kind of skipped around. There are a couple of episodes I remember, like, 100%, and Mikey actually never really watched the show very much. Yeah, I saw, like, because I don't think I had, yeah, I wouldn't have had cable back when it originally came out. And from then on, like, I just caught an episode here or there, so I never saw it in sequence. So I didn't know that there was actually, like, kind of an overarching, if not plot, like, character development. And I was actually very, very surprised by the level of characterization. Like, I know of some of the later plots because I heard about it through the grapevine through, like, role-playing, which is how I actually heard of a lot of stuff. But other than that, like, yeah, this was kind of kind of new to me. Yeah. It- and I really enjoyed it. Like, yeah. I was really surprised, honestly. It was something that I caught every now and again. Like, I've seen, like, not a large majority of the episodes, but, like, enough. It was, like, part of the stuff that I remember watching, like, on, like, this was specifically on Cartoon Network. But this ran from 2003 to 2006, so the entirety of my time in high school. And I remember liking it. There were things that I didn't remember, because apparently I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) Like, it wasn't that I wasn't paying attention. I think it's just I didn't have the same level of... You weren't, like, watching it for content. Exactly. Like, I knew of things, but it wasn't, like, 
You're oh. watching it like how my dad watches MCU movies. I'm like, he's like, who's this guy again? I'm like, that's Bucky, James Buchanan Barnes. <laughs> and he's like, oh, right. Yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah, that's correct. That's not a drag on my dad either. It's just, you know. I just wasn't paying like that much attention. And now I'm like, hmm. All right. No, it's it was good. I didn't remember it being as like, like, obviously it is not Teen Titans Go. Right. But it is like, it is definitely anime inspired. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I forgot like to what extent like it was stylized. Exactly. Which was interesting. Yeah, same, same. Absolutely same. Also, I really liked it. It actually like the animation, like the pacing of the frames and the transitions actually moves a lot faster even than a lot of shonen anime. Like you'd have like a frame or two of Robin having like a starburst go off like or like danger lines go off next to his face. So it was very like it's very fast paced in a really interesting way because like even shonen anime loves to have their like, you know, like their standoffs where they slide to one character and slide to another. And that's also like kind of a budget saving technique. But this like everything's like bam 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 like the fights are very kinetic in a really interesting way and then you get like all of the characters emotions are (laughs) reflected quite literally in their animation style like when they get angry it's actually like almost more inspired by like sailor moon (laughs) yeah no you're not wrong you're you're absolutely not wrong it's it's something along those lines in terms of like the deformation, like the super yeah, deformed. exactly, and and let's be honest, like that's how we got where we are today with that. What's going on? So, if you don't know, the Teen Titans in the show are Robin, Starfire, Cyborg, Raven, and Beast Boy. Those are the main characters, and I don't know any of their origins except for maybe Robin's. Well, we talked about we ta- we learned a little bit about that um, True. in one yeah. of the episodes that we watched. Correct, and it was just like a it was like a good little like refresher. Like this is why people love these like these characters, and I never had any interest in them that all that much. I'm still like you know maybe at some point I'll sit down and watch the entire series. But like the yeah, episodes, I would like to do that at some point. The episodes personally. we did watch because I know this 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 gets dark. Like I know that it gets dark. Like, the subplot with Robin and Slade, mm-hmm. like, who is Deathstroke, I believe. Like, that, yeah. Slade Wilson. Yeah. Get yes. it? I'm elbowing. Like, you can't see. Well, there, there is, like, I forget who who came first in that scenario, but I... It's, it's, it was Deathstroke. Yeah, and then Deadpool was, like, made to parody that, like, yeah. Grim mm-hmm. Darkness. <laughs> God. Or, like, not Grim Darkness, but that, like... Oh, I'm a mercenary that's like all about power and yeah. On today's on today's explain the uh, explain the X Men episode, it was about it's a it was an X Force episode. Uh-huh. They always refer to Deadpool as some guy who some asshole who looks like Spider Man. They don't even say his name. Oh my god, <laughs> it's very funny, especially with like Deadpool's super oversaturation. Yeah, reaching ma- massive quantities at the moment. Yeah, which is unfortunate because there's elements of certain certain Deadpool stuff that I really like. No, agreed. Um, yeah, but I I know some of the plot lines like they can run a little dark here, but I do also know that this is like a cult favorite of a lot of people. Yeah, and to it so much so that like there are people that are actively angry about Teen Titans Go even existing, which is like. Teen Titans Go is another thing about, like, where Cartoon Network is headed and how they're airing things currently and, you know, oh, just put, like, a five-second, I mean, not five-second, but, like, five-minute short in front of kids and, like, they love it, but, you know, kids also love unboxing videos, which are, like, (laughs) devoid, like, it's actually an issue, like, they're literally devoid of content, so, you know. Just because kids will watch something that's on a screen doesn't mean it's good television or, you know, helpful in any way. But that's, you know, that's beside the point. But yeah, so the Robin in here is kind of, it's supposed to be, or it's heavily hinted at being Dick Grayson. And it's heavily hinted that this comes between him leaving Batman in, 
if not specifically after Batman and Robin, then like in some alternate continuity, because it's supposed to be after he leaves Batman, but before he becomes Nightwing in Bloodhaven, I believe is the town. <laughs> I can't. I honest what to God. terrible name for a town. Yeah, it's like Bloodhaven. Like it's a U with an umlaut, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, okay, that sounds like a great place to be. Yeah, but they're in the town of, or the city of Jump City, which is, I honest to God, I, I cannot keep the DC towns and cities straight. Like the alternate geography fucks me up so bad. Even it's okay, we only have two places in the Marvel Universe. New York and Los Angeles. Okay, you and I know that's not true. <laughs> oh, also Latveria. Also the Savage Lands. And- also Asteroid M. And- also uh the sword base, like satellite, also yeah. like Britain, vaguely, also more <laughs> island. Anyway, there's much more than that. It's fine. Also Arizona. Arizona also. Oh yeah, Arizona. And, uh, and um Biloxi, Mississippi. Or uh, right, where's the where's um where's Asgard? Wherever Asgard is. Oh, it's Oklahoma. Not in- Oklahoma. Oklahoma, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Or at least it was there at some point. It, yeah, who knows? I, I don't pay attention to Thor anymore. All I know is that Jane, Lady Thor, is off, or Thor proper, I shouldn't call her Lady Thor, because she is Thor, is off flirting with goddesses and, like, doing her thing, so, hey, shoot your shot. Anyway, in the realm of Teen Titans, so that's that's what's going on here, so it's like Robin is in kind of this space between being Robin with Batman and you know growing up so he's kind of like he's kind of standoffish but like yeah but like like not in a not in a like a bad way like he just wants to be a leader and he has a, he has a hard time he has to accepting. prove himself yeah he says he has a hard time accepting when other people want to also play that role which is um why he butts heads with cyborg which is the first episode of them like botching a mission and cyber cyborg leaving and it's very actually very sad <laughs> yeah it's a really random pilot episode actually you want to know what it reminds like it reminded me a little bit of like nate and eli a little bit yeah oh like it's that same kind of dynamic of like the two like the two people on the team that both have different ideas about how the team should be run butting heads i will be straightforward with you other than robin I have very little idea of what is going on with these characters in the comics, so I can't speak to that. That's all right. I have not yet read Teen Titans. That is, I have a vague idea of what happens in those books, but I have not read them myself. Maybe maybe soon. Maybe that's something to put on the list for this show. But anyway. Yeah, yeah no, I agree, but I felt like this was a good common space because it was something that I had seen when I was a literal teenager. I was surprised at how soon they brought Blackfire in. I didn't think these things happened so quickly. You are correct. So, like, the first episode, yeah, like, Cyborg leaves the team, and then they get him back after, like, there's, like, a man that's made of, like, he's a, just a muck. Yeah. When he's not asleep, he turns into muck from Pokemon and eats toxic waste, waste. and gets bigger. Yeah, which I is- think muck also does in Pokemon. <laughs> Yeah, he's eating, like, toxic waste at the toxic waste factory that is clearly something that happens. This is, like, Black Mesa Research Facility level. Basically, and from the first episode, Slate is behind this. So he is the through line through this entire series, which, I mean, yeah, like, that's that, that works for me. Yeah, this, this man, I don't know his name anymore. Um, He is... Just made of goo and it's bad. Plasmus. Plasmus. There you go. It's. I'm looking at the Wikipedia. It still doesn't make any sense. You could have just told me. (laughs) Cinderblock is the other guy. Is the other fellow's name? He looks like a. Would you call him like a cement transformer? I call him a cement transformer. Yes, because he looked like a transformer, but like he was devoid of like most of any. Yeah. Any like. Expression. He was just a cement man. Yeah, he also kind of looks like some of the Colossus's Colossi, Colossi and like Shadow of the Colossus and stuff like that. You're not wrong. Yeah, you're correct. 
kind of that same like he's not really robotic. He's more organic. It's very he's strange. He's kind of there. He's got an interesting visual style. He does. Um, he doesn't do a lot. He f- frees. He, he breaks through the prison to get this other prisoner. Yeah, he frees. He frees Plasmus from the prison, and which Slade then also tells him, like, but like basically just lets him go, and he just starts eating toxic waste, which is fine, I guess. I don't know what Slade's actual plan was there. I guess like just to destroy the Teen Titans. Yeah, he's <laughs> testing them. He's yeah. testing them. Yeah. Because he gets his claws into Robin at some point. Yeah. So that all happens, and that all ties up rather neatly. And then the next episode, Blackfire, who is Starfire's older sister, comes in. And, like, I wasn't expecting her to just show up so soon, but she did. Like, it's kind of weird, because I feel like at that point, like, I knew who uh, Starfire was because I'd watched other episodes, but I feel like at that point, like, we don't have a firm grasp on why Starfire is the way she is. No. So it's interesting. The episodes that were at the end of the series needed to be at the beginning of the series. Yes, they put the prequel to the series at the end of the series. I don't get that one. I don't understand that at all, but hey, whatever. Yes. Like, it, I don't mind an in-media res, it's just, like, it was a weird choice to me because it was literally, like, I don't understand this character yet, or I wouldn't yeah. had I not watched anything before. Well, I, I don't think you maybe needed much, like, to understand. Like, all you need to know that we've established in the first episode is that Starfire is an alien who doesn't really understand Earth that well. Like, mm-hmm. and... A.K.A. Charlie's brand. Yeah, my brand... I'm like, I understand why they, like, did these some of these things, like, in the 90s. They, like, made Shattered Starfire. I understand how that happened. I was like, mm, I really understand this now. I didn't understand enough until we got to some of the other episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, Blackfire is, like, kind of, like, everything Starfire isn't, including, like, she has a very firm command of the English language somehow, despite us finding out later that in order to get that Starfire had to, like learn it from someone yeah in the classic traditional alien crash landed on earth way of having some weird methodology of taking someone's language or understanding it very quickly novar has a dictionary that he learns from starfire learns by kissing robin yeah but anyways blackfire basically she tries to ingratiate herself very quickly with the team and starfire feels really left out that is also, like, a thing that I'll always get me in a show because I'm just, like, I'm, like, big mood. <laughs> yeah. Feeling left behind. Yeah. But then it turns out that Blackfire had stolen the diamond. Like, like diamond of Centauri or, like, yeah. the Centauri, from the Centauri moons. Yeah. And the space police were after her. Yeah. which And she gave it to Starfire as a gift in order to get these space cops off her back there's a case of you know mistaken identity eventually the team helps it get sorted out and starfire puts her sister back in the space cop ship and says like hey i know you did these horrible things but (laughs) i really hope that you're able to speak to me soon and maybe not be a horrible person this time around (laughs) which was a really good end scene yes no that was that 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 line that she had was very good like i know that you lied and betrayed like you lied to me and betrayed me but it was very nice to see you yes (laughs) Uh, that was very good i like that a lot i was i was assuming like they would go like here's an episode about robin here's an episode about starfire here's an episode about cyborg yeah like give them each an episode we just kind of got like a mishmash of episodes like but i feel like everybody gets well balanced like we haven't talked about like beast boy or raven yeah they do that later on in the stuff that we didn't watch because cyborg gets an episode where he shuts down and raven loses control of her powers in an episode called nevermore which is haha and they there's a there's a portal that goes into raven's mind that seems bad <laughs> and we got a little taste of like the hive academy which is also a big thing in the later seasons yeah they're like child mercenaries 
Yeah, that happens a lot in superhero comics for some reason. Hmm. But see, this specific way that they did it here was really interesting because they're a mercenary group, but they are graduates of this academy. So it's like a preparatory school that then they their final exam <laughs> is to be hired by a supervillain. Okay, Mikey, you know what you're saying right now? It's just like reverse anti-Bizarro Boku no Hero Academy, right? I know, I know, <laughs> but it's really interesting to have it be on the villain side. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, that's that's true, and I think like they're like it's like basically sell to the highest bidder, so it's not necessarily villains, but like also could be heroes. Like, hey, here's the price. We'll do what you want us to do, whatever that is. I mean, the only heroes that really get paid for what they do are the heroes for hire. That's true, and sometimes they don't even get paid. Right, exactly. <laughs> As Luke Cage would want to remind you. <laughs> Yeah, so that that happens, and, you know, again, Slade was, like, they don't defeat the Teen Titans, but Slade was just testing them. They get close. They do get very close. Like, weird jinx and a boy who looks like Sabretooth but isn't Sabretooth. (laughs) And then, like, the the hacker kid. Yeah? That just has, like, fucking drones. I'm sorry if any of these are your favorite characters. I... Mm. Jinx is the only one I remember because of her name and her hair. Like she's a she she stands out to me. She looks like Mandy from Billy and Mandy. <laughs> like that's what she looks. I was trying to put my finger on it, and I finally just came to me. Wow, that's certainly a thing. <laughs> she's like a palette swap of Mandy. Anyway, <laughs> any anyway, if Mikey just insulted you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I can't disassociate it. Yeah, and there's a lot of other Hive people. I just don't remember them. Hold on. Sorry. This is an episode we didn't watch, but now I'm regretting not. The title is Every Dog Has His Day. A lonely beast boy goes into the city as a green dog while the rest of the team is too busy for him. He gets captured by a spaceship and played with by the alien Soto, who believes him to be his original dog. Meanwhile, the other Titans have noticed Beast Boy has gone missing and end up chasing Soto's dog, believing it's their teammate. (laughs) That isn't why would you ever sleep on this show? (laughs) That's very true. That's very true. The case of mistaken identity involving a dog. And also, like, there is, like, I believe Titans East 1 and 2. Um, that's where you get to see like Aqualad and like Speedy and Oh, that's all where they come in. Ki- all those kitties, yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Is um do they have Superboy in that too? I don't think Superboy is here. He definitely is in Young Justice, though. A show okay. I have not yeah. watched. Yeah, that's another show that I haven't watched. I'm sorry. Okay, maybe we should watch that. It was one. a little bit after our time, I think. But... Yeah, it was it was kind of like, hmm, what do I do with this? I've heard it's very good, but... That's the people like it. It's getting a second season, like, eight years later, but that's fine. I mean, hey. So we also watched the episode with Tara, who... Can telepathically talk to rocks? I don't know. Move rocks? Move rocks with her mind. But only rocks? But only rocks. And it's definitely not, like, a Richter or, like, Earthbender level, like, can create rock formations because she literally just breaks off chunks of rocks and floats them yeah or floats on rocks she also can create like natural disasters when her powers go out of control because she the her the whole thing is she can't really control her powers she's scared of them yeah slade like the titans get her before slade does and so slade stages this whole very convoluted thing to make her feel like the titans don't want her and make her feel inadequate and manipulate her and kind of like gaslight her into joining him or at the very least leaving the titans yeah it's all very sad it's yeah i say that as like it's not i'm like it's all i'm like it's all very sad (laughs) she's she's destroyed like all of her family maybe and everywhere she's ever lived yeah it's kind of dark has the whole path of destruction thing going on yeah yeah it's kind of sad and by kind of i mean very i know she's some people's favorite i don't really know a lot about her she's rocks she can do stuff with rocks in case you didn't 
couldn't tell by her name being Tara. Yeah. So yeah, we also watched uh the one with Malkior. Yeah, the episode that I remember like randomly, extremely clearly in my head from all these years ago. So I made Mikey watch it called Spellbound. Yeah, that one was really interesting. Um, that again, like I like how Teen Titans is able to have these themes of like toxic relationships and like bad friendships and stuff like that in like a superhero. It's very, I can see why people like this and I can see why, especially it's like a touchstone for a lot of people in the role-playing game that we've been playing masks. Yeah. Cause it's very like using these superhero fights as like metaphors for friendship in real life and feelings. Yeah. No, yeah. it's, it's very, um, it is very like teen but not in a bad way, like not yeah, in a, like no, it's heavy really handed. good. I, you know, listen, it's got one up on the Young Avengers because at least no one's talking about drugs here. Yes, well, I mean, not that they could really do that in. I mean, I guess they could have, but maybe not for the age, yeah, range that they were going. No for. one's talking about. You get you get extra bonus points from me if you're a teenage superhero comic and you don't talk about drugs. Well, except for Static Shock, Static Shock gets a pass on that because I think they actually handle it very like pretty True. well which it was something we also will watch it was i was very close to telling mike who we should watch static shock it was it was week. like 50 50 yeah um which we will we will do because it's very good and it's got yeah, mutants in it but uh, not those ones well mutates as marvel would term them true they don't have the x gene so they would technically mutates yes mm-hmm. so yeah so the the raven episode spellbound is all about like she gets invested in this fantasy novel about this wizard that defeats this dragon and has you know all this power and has the tome of Melchior so she keeps reading and is separated from her friends because they just won't give her her space like they keep they don't understand that like she needs to like she can have fun in her own way and they keep trying to go over her boundaries yeah she needs to decompress and she also feels like everybody else just like they don't want to interact with her and they only want her like oh it's time to go on a mission well or they bother her at times where she would rather like they keep interfering with her boundaries or like overstepping her boundaries yeah and so she just can she just kind of uh retreats into this book what she finds out that is sentient in some manner well, there's a there's a man trapped inside of it, and he is this wizard that defeated this dragon. But as a result, question mark? It's not it, quite clear. A curse. Uh, due to the curse, after killing the dragon, he's trapped in the book. Yes, that. Until he can find someone that can free him. So he begins teaching her all of this magic to help him get out of the book. And so she is like, she doesn't come out of her room for like two weeks or something, Mm -hmm. during which time Beast Boy is snooping on her by being a literal fly on the wall, which we don't see until afterwards. So I kind of, I kind of like that narrative device. Yeah. And she's not really mad at him either, because I think everybody's trying to be supportive. Like once they learn that she's doing something like, and they like want to help, they're like, oh, who's, who's, I'm excited to see your friend. Like, you know, Yeah. yeah, they're not mean about it which is also really good yeah but she takes it in the wrong way because what this guy is trying to do is separate her from her friends which if you ever get someone that's doing that they're bad news like anyone that tells you even as a as an adult like if someone tries to separate you from your friends that's yeah no bueno yeah because it's isolating and using like language using like isolating language like you're the only one and you're special and yeah and yeah i'm the only one that finds you beautiful and truly values who you are and it's like heavily coded like abusive language yeah no absolutely yeah you know eventually it turns out when they go into battle raven tries to use some of her new spells that she's learned also for some reason that's not really ever explained but i'm assuming it has to just do with the fact that who she is or who she's acting as like is changing her uniform changes from black to all white and everyone's kind of like oh that's weird but she (laughs) uses some of this magic in a battle and can't control it and realizes it's black magic which 
the one thing, and we did not watch the episodes, but I did look it up. The one thing is she is half demon. So that's actually like really bad for her. No, not great. It's, you know, locked into that like bad side, which is like where she gets her powers from. But, you know, I guess she's like committed to using magic for good and not ill. I mean, commendable. Yes. Took the words literally right out of my mouth. So eventually she realizes after it's almost too late and this guy like starts using the spells and her magic to get out of the book that he was actually the evil dragon. He switched that narrative up in the book. Yeah. And a giant dragon cross out of the book. Yes. Also, it's very, very visually reminiscent of Maleficent. Yeah. The the dragon, he's very reminiscent. And then like in the scenes that they have like set in the fan in the what we thought originally was a fantasy novel, like the backgrounds are all green and it looks like the Prince Philip fight from um from Sleeping Beauty, mm-hmm. which is really good. And so yeah, eventually he is defeated and Raven realizes that her friends were looking out for her all along. It's very cute. Yes. It's good. It's it's a bit also very good like message. <laughs> yes. Like the more that I think about it. And then the last thing we watched was the prequel episode. Yeah, you wanna you wanna you wanna talk about this one, Charlie? Listen. <laughs> this is like listen. I was like, we should probably watch the prequel episode so we can talk about it. And that's like fine. That sounds good. And we start on, like, an alien ship with, like, these lizard people who are, are, like, warriors who are guarding a door that is being, like, just wailed on from the other side. And, like, there's grunting and, like, obviously a clearly angry individual behind it. And, like, they're basically like, it's gonna hold, it'll, it'll hold them. And the other one's like, well, God help us if it doesn't. And... It breaks down, and it's Starfire, but she's got some extremely reminiscent headgear on, and she is pissed the fuck off, and it's, like, yelling in an alien language, and just, like, being extremely destructive, and I'm like, I literally, like I said before, I've never been more called out in my life. (laughs) And it doesn't help that, like, everyone just calls her Star, like, so it's, man, it's a trip, and I was like, no wonder. And then she crash lands on Earth. Like, yeah, she crash lands on Earth and just, like, starts wrecking the place. Like, it just starts wrecking the city. Like, and she's, like, screaming in her alien language and just being extremely destructive. And and that's when Robin finds her. She's got, like, shackles on that keep her from using her, like, full powers. And, yeah, it's the whole time. And I'm like... (laughs) What happened was I read the like the very beginning of the plot summary and I'm like, oh, God, we got to watch this one because I guess we didn't really talk about it. So Shatter's Shatterstar, Starfire, (laughs) Starfire's whole thing is she doesn't like she's very kind of naive or at least seems to be. And she uses the wrong words for human things or earth things. And she doesn't really know how certain things work. and. She has like a pudding of sadness that she serves to people that taste miserable to make them forget about their sadness and like all these different customs. But then when we see her here, she doesn't know English at all. And as I said before, like learns it by kissing Robin after he takes the manacles off of her and she still tries to fight him. I forget. What does he do to like convince her to stand down? You remember? They all, like, just say that they, like, want to be her friend. Oh, no. What it is is Robin walks up to her because, like, they've only been trying to fight her. And he walks up to her with her his hands up and then gets, like, a lockpick, which we thought was a dental tool originally. It looked like a dental tool. Like, let's be straight up. Yeah, but it was a lockpick and he undoes her, her cuffs. And then, like, she kisses him and, like, kind of flies away and is like, leave me alone. Yeah. But... At that very moment. And that's when we get like Cyborg and Raven and Beast Boy just all happen to be in this like city and they kind of like all meet up. Yeah. Cyborg was like trying to remain incognito with like a hoodie over all his cyborg parts. And Beast Boy has his 
old uniform on. Yeah, he's like part of some core that is not really ever explained. The Doom Patrol. It's like a DC thing. I don't know what that is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know what that is. I just, I didn't catch it during the episode. So as soon as Starfire gets ready to leave, there's like a giant hologram from this lizard man. And he's like, give us, (laughs) give us the girl and wash away the debt. Basically. (laughs) No, he's like, we're looking for this alien. Everyone will submit. And it gave me like huge Mojo vibes also. Which is, you know, just even funnier. And so eventually they, like, go and sneak onto the ship and kind of, like... Like, she, they get her to help them and, like, she tells them that she was their prisoner and she was being taken to their planet to be a slave, basically. Yeah. And no, no can do. So she busted out. Yeah, because Starfire is actually, like, she's extremely adept at fighting. Yeah. Really? Really adept? (laughs) Um, And she may or may not have been, like, being taken there to be, like, a pit fighter. (laughs) Yeah, it's very unclear. Um, But what is clear is they they knew what they were doing back in the 90s, I'll tell you that much. But, no, this, like, I I was not aware of this. No one told me. I felt, like, betrayed and, uh... I was like, what is this? And then the Amalgam, the Amalgam that Charlie's always been like, I don't understand why they put these two characters together. It's like, it all comes together. I understand now. Too bad Amalgam's not a thing anymore. Um, I mean, it's going to be, but not between DC and Marvel. Marvel, yeah. Um, Never again. I mean, someone probably do wonder redesigning Shatter Starfire to be something that's not what it was, because it was very, like, male Casey. Yes. I would like to see... Shatterstar in that uniform, basically. <laughs> You're not wrong. So it was a very good sampling. It was like a little Whitman sampler of a Teen Titans. Yeah, we, we had like our little demi-toss spoons of Teen Titans. <laughs> yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. As something that, again, like I didn't watch a whole lot of and I only had the vaguest memories of, I was pleasantly surprised and I had a lot of fun watching it. And I'm glad we did. Yeah, it was good. And I would like to watch more. If you have Teen Titans episodes that you enjoy, you can let us know. Yeah, what are your favorite ones? I was gonna say I was gonna say I was gonna say in the comments down below, but there are no comments down below because we're not on YouTube and no. I'm not no. Let us know at youngonescast at gmail dot com or on our Twitter at youngonescast. Yeah. Not at gmail dot com. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, but it was good. I'm glad we did that, and uh, there's a whole lot going on. Yeah. And a whole lot more episodes that we didn't watch, but you should go watch it if you haven't watched it before. I implore you. I did ask on Twitter for your favorite DuckTales middies. I have not forgotten about that. That is still a thing (laughs) that I would like. So also, if you have a favorite midi of the DuckTales theme, either (laughs) the most recent one or the original... Feel free to also send that to us. <laughs> I give me all your DuckTales middies. Middies are good. Yes. A plus content. Anyway, that that's that. Things are things are afoot, as they always usually are. And we got some hashtag content coming down the pipes for you. Yeah, extremely. But in the meantime, as Mikey informed you previously. If you would like to let us know uh, what you think and ask a question and or anything, you can find us at youngonescast at gmail.com. We're here. We're, we're there. We're here. Uh, also, <laughs> Young Ones Cast. I was going to start singing Celine Dion, but I don't want the copyright police to come get us. Please. They're going to come get you at some point. Don't. They haven't wee come. Wee got, wee. They have not come to got, get us yet, which is miraculous. I've got no C and I'm probably gonna have one in my fucking email as soon as I get out. Don't monkey's paws, no, Charlie. I'm not going to. Comics is a monkey's paw, always. It's true. Yeah, you can find us at Young Ones Cast on Twitter. That's where I'm most active, and like I'm always, I have it. I I talk and toggle between the the Twitters um very easily, so I'm always looking at it. <sighs> if you'd like to follow me. I am on Twitter at Genetic Ghost. 
I recently was on an episode of Multiversal Q, which is a podcast that our friend Luke does all about the Marvel multiverse, all about multiverses, not just Marvel, but all about multiverses. I was on the role-playing spectacular um, where it was me, Jesse Madrox, um, Godzilla from that one issue of Godzilla comic books where he played basketball with Charles Barkley, General Wasperus from Spider-Man J, which is a manga, and uh, Bakugo from Boku no Hero Academy. We were all on the team, uh, and we did a mystery, and it was a lot of fun. Um, you can find that right now if you would like to go listen to it. It's delightful. I tried to be a good Jamie Madrox. I don't know how good that was, but I really tried. Other than that, I'm me on Twitter. How about you, Mikey? You can find me at quantum.dot on Twitter, where I talk about comics sometimes, video games a lot of times, and tabletop role-playing games always. And that's kind of, I'm still chugging away. Now that I'm done moving and things are kind of settling down, I am starting to get back to working on my tabletop role-playing game that I am working on, as well as streaming and stuff like that so yeah yeah i think now that that's over i think we might have a time for this or that that's gonna be an that's gonna be another half an hour and no (laughs) we will get back to the segments i promise well we could still do uh what's making you happy that is true we can still do that i didn't think about it what's making you happy this week charlie what is making me happy this week Or what are you looking forward to? So I have been... Oh my god, what have I been doing? I mean, it feels like all my time goes into a sinkhole at some point. Oh, you know what I'm looking forward to? (laughs) I'm looking forward to the Spyro Reignited trilogy. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. I've been watching all the release videos and like all the little things that they've been dropping about it. And Spyro was like a really big part of my childhood growing up. Like, playing those games on the PS1 and in the PS2 at some point. But I'm really excited for it, because it looks really good and faithful to, to what was before that, and they look like they're putting a lot of care into it. And I'm excited for that to come out in September, because I'm going to play the hell out of it. All I do is nostalgia game now. I don't buy new video games. I, like, I got no Horizon Zero Dawns, no, no Call of Duty, nothing up here, except for old video games, new video games that are old video games that I played when I was younger. Also in Kingdom Hearts 3. Well, and <laughs> Kingdom, I was going to say a Kingdom Hearts 3 when that comes out. I've been waiting for Kingdom Hearts 3 since 2005. Don't at me about it. It is one of the loves of my life. And Please don't involve us in the Kingdom Hearts discourse. No, it's one of the loves of my life and you'll never take it from me. Yeah, that's what I'm That's You know what? That's what's making me happy. How about you, Mikey? Well, I wasn't sure what I was going to say, but I think I have a couple things, but I'm going to pick one thing. So speaking of Kingdom Hearts, there was a tabletop role-playing game that is based on Kingdom Hearts that is currently on Kickstarter. I'm not affiliated with it in any way. I just think it's really (laughs) cool. I want to say that, like, I, I'm not just, like, hyping up someone because I'm, like, hashtag ad or anything. This is something that I genuinely am looking forward to. It's called Interstitial, Our Hearts Intertwined, I believe is the title, the full title. Um, and it is a, like, fiction-first tabletop role-playing game that's based on Kingdom Hearts and other kinds of stuff like that where you, like, mash universes together. It got funded in, like, 24 hours, which is kind of incredible. I'm excited to see that be funded and excited to see it come out. Oh, yeah. And then there's a, like, I joined, like, a non-binary TTRPG group because I do identify as non-binary. Some of the folks there are looking at playing that as well as other games in the coming month. So I'm excited about that. Because right now, my my world has been very bereft of actual playing of tabletop, so I'm missing that. We're getting of, there at some point. Yes. We have a ridiculous OC monster hunting mashup that I'm also very excited for. So I guess if I had to be excited about a thing, it's just tabletop role-playing games, which is just my brand. <laughs> which is not but, new. 
Yeah, but I've been missing them. Like, I haven't played a game in, like, two weeks, so. So, yeah, games, they're good. Games, they're, yeah, I I, I was going to try and find, a, like, a tagline, like, a game tagline. Um, I can't remember. I don't have a game tagline, but uh, if you don't watch the show, at least listen to the amazing Teen Titans theme song. Please. By Puffy Amy, Puff Amy Yumi. You got it. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, I got no game tagline. Uh, I used body slide last week. I, the last time we had an episode, I can't use it again. So, Teen Titans, go. Go. Watch it. <laughs> all right, that's that's it. That's a wrap. I'm doing a pose. Charlie can see it, but you all can't see it. Yeah, it's magnificent. All right, everybody. All right, bye, <laughs> everyone. <Goodbye. laughs>